Welcome to The Switch. In today's episode, we have a very special guest with us, Hayley Turner, the UK's most successful female jockey. Hayley is an inspiration to many. And in this episode, she's going to reveal how she has maintained her relentless focus through tough times and traumatic injuries. Hayley talks candidly about breaking down barriers in the sport and the insecurity that lurks beneath. And why success will never mean a Gucci handbag. She's been knocked down but always manages to get back in the saddle, showing incredible resilience and overcoming both physical and mental setbacks. As a woman in a male-dominated profession, Hayley's success against the odds is truly remarkable. And she is dedicated to inspiring other women to join the profession. She's notched up more than 900 winners in her time and she picked up the Shergar Cup in 2021, despite having retired from racing six years before. Hayley, welcome to The Switch. Hello. Sounds quite, I won't get my head out the door when I leave now after hearing that. <laughs> well, it's a really warm welcome to you. And, and this week we are talking about the way successful people maintain their focus. And I'm sure that preparing for a race is extremely tense, uh, but you can tell us about that. Do you find that when you are racing, do you enter some kind of higher mental state to help you prepare to block everything else out? I would imagine so, but I think because it's it's such a regular thing for me, it almost just comes naturally and I don't even have to put myself in that zone because it's just it just happens. So so unlike other sports people, we perform like every day more than once and you know like box boxers have, you know, four or five months of real intense training and then for that one moment um, I suppose footballers do it a little bit more but again we're like every single day of the week and especially in the in the middle of summer so it's not a case of just you know doing I think my routine would be um, when you get to the races you kind of walk into the weighing room and the weighing room is like a sanctuary for us because we're not at the races to have a few drinks and a bet or anything we're there to to do our work and everyone in the weighing room the jockeys and the valets only we are allowed in there and um it's just it's just a nice little sanctuary to get away from everybody and you know it's just a case of just being relaxed and getting in your routine and I think that sometimes when the race is a you know it's a big race I, I'd probably go like quiet, not, you know, like there's always a lot of banter in the weighing room, but I'll just be in, in my mind. I'd have, I've done all the homework before. I've probably ridden the horse or if not, I would have watched the horse, the replays and how it's going to perform. And I'd have spoken to the trainer or, you know, and, and I've got all that work in my head, but I like to just, you know, be quiet for a little bit. And each jockey, you know, deals with it differently. Like some of them are just, you know, the bigger the race, the noisier they are. And, you know, a bit like Frankie, he's, um, you don't see him go quiet very often. Um, and it just seems to be a little routine we get ourselves in. It sounds absolutely fascinating and so far away from my sort of day job. But as you quite rightly say, it is your day job. Yeah. Competing is a daily occurrence for you. Yeah, well, everyone says, oh, do you get nervous still? And it's like, no. It's like, would you get nervous coming into the office? It's yeah. literally, we do it all the time. Um Certainly, the bigger bigger the race, you, you know, you get like a, a nervous excitement. Which, if you didn't have that, it'd be, it would be weird. I think that's a good thing to have. Absolutely, and probably what spurs you on to do it again every time. Yeah, yeah, it gives you that kind of adrenaline buzz. You know, 
it's you know big moments coming but you've got to keep your cool and it's it's very important for your composure to be cool yeah because you're going out into the paddock to meet the trainer and the owner and they're as nervous as you are because obviously they've want you know one of them's paid a lot of money to keep the horse and the trainer puts in all this effort from when it was a youngster to train it to that moment and um they're relying on you like it's out of their hands when you get on the horse so you have to you have to go into the paddock and be confident and, and quite cool and even to the point where you get on the horse the horse can sense if you're nervous and you know you need to be confident on the horse and it relaxes them and you know, it's, yeah, you, yeah, you just got to be cool, basically. Cool and calm. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And what about over the longer term? Would you say you've always had quite a relentless focus on your career? Yeah, absolutely. I, and it is relentless. I think that's a really good word for it. Because I've been doing it since I was 17. And it's been, it's been a marathon, I have to admit. And there's been... I've had some great times, but there's been some really tough ones as well. And I think that's what I've learned over the years is to manage your um, your feelings because it's quite easy to get high and low. And, you know, because like one day you could be winning a group one and then you'll fall off and break your arm the next day. And it's in, and that happens a lot. So... You have to learn to control your feelings and manage them and react to things, you know. When I was younger, I, I was not very good at that. And I think my family probably suffer the most from it because um, racing is every day and I hate to not do it. If there's a, a christening or a barbecue or a birthday, you can't say yes to them because you're missing out on work and you can't miss those opportunities. So... I think they've certainly suffered a lot over the years and probably are quite looking forward to me retiring again. Or we'll maybe come on to that topic a bit later. Um, you come across really, really positive and in- extremely confident, but have there been times where you have suffered doubts in your confidence potentially? Or have your confidence been dented by potentially an injury? And how do you deal with that? Yeah, there was a, t- there was a fall that I had at um, Doncaster and the horse fell. And I broke my pelvis and my back in three places. And when I think as soon as I found out the injuries, it was like the most important thing for me was how long till I can get back riding. Um, and see, I, ru- I think I rushed it too much. So when I did get back, I don't think I fully recovered from the fall because it was quite a heavy fall and I was probably riding my horses differently to how I usually would. I was you know, taking out of gaps on the horse that I wouldn't usually and just, and, and it showed to everybody that had seen my fall and then seen my comeback, noticed the, the difference and something like that is just, you know, as, as the trainers and the owners want a good jockey to ride their horse because it's so competitive um, and they they didn't really want to use me so I wasn't getting the opportunities and I, and I persevered with it and I actually got my confidence back and I was riding quite well, but the damage had already been done. So I wasn't getting any support off anybody. They kind of dropped me and I tried everything. You know, I was like going to the gym more. I was riding out for all these trainers and staying around in the winter. for, And it was just not working. And, and I think 
I, I got so frustrated and disheartened by it that that's, that's what led to my retirement. Yeah, and I think in hindsight, what I should have done is just had a break and then come back. But at the time, I'd, I'd had enough and the thought of retiring was just, you know, what I wanted to do and I never intended on coming back riding until, like, ever. But, you know, I had a, a year or two off and got the bug again for it. And I think that's an incredible story in itself. Now, you've mentioned a couple of times already some injuries. and um, We all know that jockeys suffer injuries and they're often serious, as you say. But you did return to racing. Can you tell us about those periods when you were forced to stay away? Did you feel like there was a, a risk of losing your edge over that time or did your focus go elsewhere? No, I've never, after all the injuries I've had, I've never felt like I didn't want to do it anymore. I, I don't know whether, I mean, you say that that's being courageous, but probably my family would say I'm quite stupid at the same time. You know, I, my first ever ride in on a race course was um, at my hometown at Southwell and my mum and dad and Nana went, so they stood at the finishing line and I got halfway round and the horse broke its leg and the horse had to get shot and put down there and then. And it was my first ride and I trundled back and my mum and dad and Nana were stood there and I was like, don't cry, don't cry. And they were like, are you okay? And I was like, yep, fine. And then just went into, into the weighing room and I was like, just a, you know, what a shock, but it didn't put me off at all. You know, I wanted to get out there again. And that's the sort of thing I think if it was, if anything was going to put me off, it would be that. Wow. And I've, I mean, I've broken my ankle twice. I've had, after my pelvis, I broke my vertebrae quite a lot of times. I think four or five, no, six actually. Um, I've done my collarbone, thumb, um, I had quite a bad head injury once and it's not at one point the the most important thing for me was how quickly can I get back to riding. You've said that a couple of times yeah. so I can tell even when something yeah. quite impactful happens to you your first thought isn't anything other than how long is it going to take me to get back to yeah. what I love. Yeah and, and I think it's just because I do love my job so much that um, but it does put certain people off um, but for me it's just... I feel like I'm missing out and I'm missing opportunities. and Yeah, and it's clearly a, a passion. So um, let's talk about the sort of the male-female balance within horse racing. So lots of young girls enjoy horse riding and I, I, I know that you were one of those. And looking back, what, was, what interested you in developing that further and taking it on professionally that, to, to the level that's still very male-dominated? What was it that made you want to do that? Well... I was at school and I wasn't particularly academic. I mean, I did okay, but nothing nothing down that field really appealed to me. And my mum was a, a riding instructor, but she was like a freelance, so I never actually had my own pony. Just used to follow my mum around and um, I, used to, I just used to love riding horses, but then sort of did a GCSE and I was like, now what am I going to do? I wanted to do something with horses, but to be sort of an eventer you need to have a big posh pony and have to be quite wealthy which we didn't have and then one of my friends at school his name was Adam his dad was a trainer 
And he says, I'm going to the racing school, you should come. And I was like, what does that involve? He's like, oh, you can learn to be a jockey or, you know, work in racing or do anything. So I was like, yeah, all right then. So I went and did a taste today and I thought, oh, I might enjoy this. And I think the first few weeks, you know, I, I was small and I was actually quite good at, you know, quite good at my job there at the racing school. And, oh, yeah, I'll have a go, you know, being a jockey, see how see how I get on and... And that's how it started. I love that. And really there, were, there were no, were there anything where you were thinking it's all men though at the top or at that stage? If I'm, if I'm honest, I was probably quite oblivious to it all. I was, and my mum and dad would never, you know, put me off. If it's something that they could see that I was going to enjoy, they would, yeah, go for it, see how it goes. And, and none of them thought that I would get where I was now. And I, I didn't either. But when I got into racing, I didn't want to be... A stable hand I wanted to be a jockey and I wasn't very good you know I was good at riding but then you transfer that to being a jockey and I was very weak and there was a lot of challenges so I went I actually went to um, America for a few months and I got a lot stronger learned a lot how to you know I was riding out seven or eight horses a morning and it made me strengthen up and then when I came back it was you know I'd, I'd kind of made another step forward I think then when I was a jockey, I was like, I just want to have a winner. So I had a winner and I was like, oh, I'd like to get to 10 winners. And I was an apprentice and I was like, oh, I'd like to be a professional jockey or get to, you know, being one. I think you had to have 95 winners and I did that. And I think a big turning point for me was when I didn't have my claim and I was riding against the likes of Frankie Dettori on level terms, getting paid the same as him, I would... I I had actually was doing okay. I was like holding my own, and I and over the years I've kind of gained a lot of respect from the male jockeys, and I think everyone thinks, oh, what's it like being a woman in a man's world? And I've had I've loved it. I've had so much fun. They've never. I think when you get their respect and you can, they can see that you can do your job well. I think they quite like having a girl kicking around, and <laughs> it's um, it's never been an issue, and. It's definitely one of the most frequently asked questions that I've had. What's it like being a, you know, have you been bullied? Have you, and it's like, it's not like that at all. I think it's people that look in from the outside, I think it is. I mean, it's certainly been harder for me because there wasn't a trend of female jockeys then and I've kind of broke down a few barriers which have cleared the way for the some of the girls behind me and it, it's been tough. But... um it's not been, you know, I've, you know, I've had a lot of fun doing it as well. That is brilliant. Um, when you were going through that process, you mentioned a few different points then in your progress. Did you ever have a game plan or like, did you chart your progress? What was your method of going from that tier one racing or going get, getting to group one racing? Um, tiny steps and... I didn't start off as an apprentice thinking, I'm going to win a group one. As an apprentice, I wanted to do the best as an apprentice. And I ended up being champion apprentice, which no female had ever done before. So then when I lost my apprenticeship and was professional, my next step, like I said, was to have a few winners and make a living out of being a professional jockey. And then I did that. And then... I started getting rides in slightly better races 
and it was it was I never I never had stupid expectations and got disappointed but each each phase that I was at I had a little target in mind and it's just tiny little steps and and I've been able to sort of take them like that and you kind of give yourself a little pat on the back it's like well done you know you've done all right and I wonder if we can go get up another notch and I think that's what's helped me I've never I've never had ridiculous thoughts of you know I'm going to be champion jockey one day when you know I was clearly the only girl ever to have done well but I just wanted to progress get to the next stage the next stage the next stage I love that are there many sports psychologists in in horse racing there there is a few more now but there wasn't at all and and actually when when I was sort of learning there was no fitness or coaches or jockey coaches and now they've got um got um schools for like they've got three different um gyms and physios for all around the country to help the jockeys and all the apprentices have um jockey coaches and they have you know diet help help with diet diets which is a, a big thing as a as a jockey but um but yeah i just winged it and and everyone else at the time was and it's amazing to see the standard of females riding now compared to when i was riding because i'm actually like the more senior female jockey and i think the the next youngest jockey to me is like 10 years younger and so i've seen so many girls come and go and i've seen how it's evolved and how much help they're getting now and you know they, they used to say to me oh, what girl did you model yourself on and I was like there wasn't one there wasn't one that I looked at and thought oh I want to be like her because they just weren't very good um, and so now it's nice that you've got it's nice to see the likes of Holly Doyle you know just take it to the next level and you know it's it's going to be amazing to see how it is in 10 years time absolutely and know that you were a big part of creating yeah. that movement yeah that's amazing and how about the sort of the business side of racing the finance the finances investing winnings etc dealing with sponsorships commercial opportunities does that something that comes naturally to you i th- probably um for me i've been quite lucky that um my brother-in-law's quite on it with the marketing and he's helped me like I he was he got me on Twitter way before everyone else in racing and racing has always been quite slow at picking up on stuff like that I mean it's completely different now how they use the social media and everything but um I've been guided quite well on that through my family not through people that have that have helped me um I've yeah I've been quite lucky with sponsors over the years because I'm quite unique and, you know, like a, a woman in a man's world at the time, it was quite rare. And so, you know, they'd always try and involve a woman in, in something, you know. The, so I, I've been quite lucky that I get to go on the, you know, they do jockey challenges abroad and they'll pick like the top five jockeys and then I get to go as well. Um, so finances, it's horse racing, it's not like, um, you know, compared to being a footballer or you know you don't get big money unless you're in sort of the top 10 jockeys you've got a retainer by Godolphin and it's um 
we have to pay our own fuel ballots. We get a riding fee, but it's it's not a massive money maker unless you're doing well. And and I have to say, sponsorship certainly helped me. Um, I'd like to see it it change, but it it seems quite a long way off it in racing. That's the that's the sad thing about it. I wish it was more for everybody involved. Um, what were the critical personality traits that really fueled your progress? And were they quite instinctive or did you have to quite work on them yourself? Uh, I'm very self-critical. So um, if anyone said something to me, I'd already know. I think you have to have very thick skin, which I think I've learned to through how, you know, how I've been brought up and and also spending 20 years in the weighing room with the lads, you know, you learn to, <laughs> you learn to take it, you know, whether you're having a laugh at you or, you know, you just, it's just ban- good humoured banter, really. I think um, as I've got older, it's certainly, you know, for the first sort of 10, 15 years, you live off adrenaline and you race around like a, an absolute nutter and it, but it catches up with you. So I've definitely learned over the last sort of five years that, you know, to slow my pace down, not with work, but it's okay to sit at home and have a day off and do nothing. And I've cut down on my gym workers because we get up and ride out in the mornings and then we drive to the races ourselves and then we're racing. And it's just then consciously, I need to go to the gym. But actually... When you're racing every day, you keep fit and you certainly, if you look after your diet and stuff, um, it's okay to to chill out. And I think I wish I'd known that sooner. I wish I'd known that sooner, but um, it does take, you know, because it's just a mad rush the whole time, driving up and down the country. I do over 50,000 a year miles and I drive myself and, and it can be quite, you know, there's times in the car on your own, it's, you know, there's a lot of thinking time, so, and that, and that does build up, you know, if you've got a few bad things going on, it's, it's important to be able to sort of control your thoughts and feelings. And do you use any techniques for that? Do you listen to podcasts or? Audio books. Audio books. Yeah, I, yeah, I love an audio book or podcast and that, and that really does help. And not to, I've learned that not to react to my feelings which is something I've always always have done. And now it's something I've learned that I can, you know, someone says something, I'll just calm down and then think about it and then act on it or don't at all. You know, it's, I suppose it's all part of growing up, isn't it? I think that sounds like a superpower. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not easy sometimes. Amazing. So... We understand that horse racing is a team effort. You've already mentioned owners, trainers, breeders, all the people that you need to have in your inner circle. How much of that was, you know, consciously wanting and willing to impress people or did that all come quite naturally to you? I think I'm quite good at, um, I mean, you could throw me in a room with anyone and I'd, you know, chat away to them. Very interested in other people's stories and... um, so I've never, it's never daunted me that, you know, I'm walking out into the paddock for, to ride for the Queen and she stood there and, you know, it's, um, 
And then I think there's, you know, like Sir Alex Ferguson one day and then you're riding for a bunch of drunks at Wolverhampton one Friday night and it's just such a variety of people that you meet and it's such a treat to meet different people. Um, but yeah, I think I'm quite lucky that um, I am interested in meeting them and um, and and Deck, that, that was one of my favourites. I had a winner for them once. Um, and then they just want a good jockey and it's a very like if you're in fashion you get good rides and when you get good rides it's easier to ride the horses when when you're on a horse with the ability to win your job's so much easier than riding 50 to 1 shot that's got no chance and and that's the hard thing about it is more hard than actually riding the horses is getting on the good horses uh, it's quite tactical and yeah yeah I mean there's a lot of jockeys and we all want to do well so clearly and what was it like meeting the queen um the first time it was I was really nervous because it's like left leg behind the right and it's um ma'am not mom but actually I've I've met her a few times and as soon as you start talking about horse racing she's just so interested and she she loved to know the characters of the horses, you know, not all oh, this horse is rated 76 and it, you know, it wants this ground and she'd rather have heard a story about when you get, when you take it on the canter, it has to turn in circles before it gets on there and, and, um, he's quite strong or he's got a big, you know, what she, she was so intrigued about the actual behavior of the horse and you could see how much she loved it. Wow. Yeah. What are the things that you look for in, in a horse or your favorite things? Um, I like a horse to be, I like a horse that enjoys going racing, you know, that you, you get, you get on them and you're walking out onto the track and they're, you know, marching out there like they're about to take over the world. Um, and just a, a horse that's consistent and, and kind. And it's, it's amazing how many sort of different personalities they all have, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I just like the ones that try hard. Like you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, what are the daily habits and routines that you personally have stuck to over your career and now? I've always liked to do, if I've if I've had a few days off, I always like to do a bit of cardio. Like if you're riding in a race and you haven't ridden for a few days, I get quite stuffy and I feel like I just need to do a hill run to get me blowing and it sort of clears the lungs and everything. I always find that's quite important. Um, I think downtime's important as well. You know, when you get chance um, to go and spend some time with friends, and because you don't, you don't get to plan anything or do anything. It's like, oh, we're going out for dinner on Thursday, and you might make it back in time, but you could be absolutely knackered and not want to go. And so, um, it's you have to sort of make as much effort as you can to sort of keep in the real world as well rather than just sitting on horses and driving up and down the motorway. Good advice. Yeah, yeah. So these, the answer to this question is always different for every single individual. Could you paint a picture of what success means to you and financial stability? What does that look like for you? Yeah, I can imagine how different everyone's answers are. So... I'm quite satisfied with what I've done. Um, I I'd like to get to a thousand winners. I'm 
think I might 30 off and I'd like to do that this year. Financially, I'm content because I've got myself a house and a car and, you know, I've, I've had no help. You know, I've had no leg up financially from family and I know a lot of a lot of people do and I just feel quite satisfied that I've I've been able to you know I I'm I'm not flash like I you know buying a Gucci handbag would break my heart like I just couldn't spend my money on something like that um but yeah I just I'm just happy you know my house and my car and and the fact that I can keep paying my mortgage I'm not in debt apart from a you know a mortgage and I think that's I don't have anything more that I want, to be honest with you. Happiness right there. Yeah. I'm really pleased you mentioned the thousands because I knew you'd exceeded 900. Yeah. Just 30 away from a thousand. Yeah. That to me sounds absolutely incredible. And we're very excited to celebrate that with you later this year when you Hopefully, achieve it. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, what advice would you give others who are looking to make sort of a shift or to break up like you have to that very top of their game? What advice would you give to people? I would, the most important thing is, are they enjoying what they're doing? Because if you don't enjoy what you're doing, you're never going to be exceptional at it. And if they are enjoying what they're doing, like I said earlier, tiny steps, whatever whatever stage they're at, have a tiny little target to just get a little bit better. Don't fantasize about big things in the future and work hard make sacrifices you know you need your family and and friends to understand as well which I'm I'm lucky that I have um but yeah I mean do it take take a take a risk and go for it so next question don't have to answer but obviously we know you're approaching the thousand races when you reach the very top of your game, as you have, like an Olympian winning the gold medal, where do you go from there? Do you have any longer term aspirations? I don't know. Maybe I should start with you guys <laughs> next year. Come and join the academy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's difficult because I focus all my energy and it, everything into doing what I'm doing, and it's not going to last forever. And I think it's the same with any athlete like footballers it's I mean we do go luckily we do go a little bit longer than them but um I don't want to be like a galloping granny going around so I'll certainly be looking for and I and I need to keep making money it's not you know it's not a career that's set me up for life and not only for money but for me mentally to have something to do is is important finding something that I enjoy is very important and it's it's gonna be really difficult to ever fill the void of not riding um so there's this, there's a few little things that i'm i'm interested in doing and i'm trying out and again i think i'll keep trying little things and there'll be something that i enjoy doing and then i want to get good at it and hopefully the transition will just kind of blend in blend in together my next question was going to be about that, really. So the focus that you have brought with you to racing, do you apply that same focus to other areas of your life? 
I will do, but it's hard to do two at the same time. I'm certainly in the background, I'm planning things, but it's hard to really get stuck into something, which is if I did start something, I'd want to do it properly when I'm still riding. And, you know, like, it's you know, because I'm behind the wheel so often. And when I'm at the races, I'm, you know, it's not like you can do work and the season's starting this year and I'll have these, I'll have ideas and I'll do a little bit of background work, but... um, and hopefully something there's a, there's a few things I'm I'm keen on trying out so exciting but not yet not yet stick with the racing while you can yeah, I want to get to a thousand and then Absolutely. and then I'll have another think fantastic thank you in this episode of the switch our guest Haley Turner shared her success story and it all boils down to preparation research and visualization she talks about how calm confidence from putting in the work really pays off not only with humans, but also with animals. She considers herself lucky to have found something that she loves and it doesn't feel like work. According to Haley, you must enjoy what you do to be exceptional at it. And when you reach your goal, you must plan the next one, even if it's just in really small, tiny steps. Celebrate progress and success along the way and take time to reflect before reacting to things. And then you can decide whether you want to act on it or not. Our guest also emphasises the importance of people and networking, which are skills in creating opportunity. She believes it's essential to take your family and friends on the journey with you and make sure they understand what it is you want to achieve so that they can support you. I hope you took away some inspiration and practical advice. Thanks for tuning in to The Switch.